Hello, City First Church. I want to welcome each and every one of you that are joining us here today. I want to give a shout out to Southwest Florida right now, to Cape Coral, our Cape Coral Church family. We love you so much. Also, those of you that are joining us from State Line or from Spring Creek locations, and especially God Behind Bars. We love you guys. And uh, I'll tell you what, you are just such a significant part of our church family. We love you so much. Everybody that's joining us from all over, thank you so much for being here today. I'm just glad that you're here. And no matter who you are or where you are watching from, you are now in the right place, a part of the City First Church family. And I realize some of you might be joining us for the very first time. And I just want to say, you're officially adopted into our family. We say this all the time, that we are not just a friendly church, but we are, come on, a family church. That's right. So before I jump into today's message, I want to make a very exciting announcement for those of you that live in northern Illinois and southern Wisconsin. Now, those of you that attend our Spring Creek and our State Line locations, you know this. We have not been able to gather in person since March of this year, and that is a really, really long time. And for those of you that are part of our Cape Coral location, you were able to go back in person a little over two months ago, which has been an amazing experience. But the other locations of City First have not been able to gather in person. And I want you to know this. Jen and I miss you. And we know that many of you also miss our in-person worship services. In fact, I've had lots and lots of you ask, when are we going to be able to have in-person worship again? And that has been a very good question. You need to know that it is important to Jen and I and everyone in the leadership of City First Church that we do our due diligence and make sure that everything is ready before we go back in person. In fact, we want to make sure that not only your experience is a spiritually impacting experience and a positive one, but also it is safe for every single person who chooses to attend in person. And trust me, it is not as easy as, hey, let's just gather in person again. There are many, many details, many intricate parts of this that we are carefully looking at. And so after much prayer and thought and energy has gone into it, we have a really, really exciting announcement. We have purchased sanitation equipment. We have created systems and protocols. We've had conversations with church experts from around the nation, and we've even renovated our entire kids space here at the Spring Creek location, which is, by the way, thousands and thousands of square feet to make sure that this is a fun and a safe experience for our kids. And we also realize that our auditorium here at Spring Creek is the second largest auditorium in the Rockford area, which seats thousands of people. And this is a huge plus because when we do go back in person, people have plenty of space to socially distance. So Jen and I now feel it is the right time to start in-person gatherings again for our Spring Creek and our state line locations. And so you ready? We are going to resume our services in person at Spring Creek on October 11th. Come on, get excited. That's exciting to hear that we're going to gather back in person again. And we're going to ask that our state line location join the Spring Creek location here in Rockford and for us to join together. Now, this is very important. Everyone that chooses to come to an in-person service, we're going to ask you to adhere to CDC guidelines. What does that mean? It means that we 
we will socially distance, and we're going to ask that you wear a mask. And this is not only something that's being required of us, but it is for your safety also. Now, it may look a little bit different in this season as we gather in person, but it is going to be amazing. Now, let me talk to those who do not feel comfortable gathering in person yet. And I just want to say this, from your pastor's heart, that is not a problem. We support you. It is okay if you do not want to come back in person yet. In fact, I encourage you to do this. I encourage you to join your City First Church family online like you're doing right now every single week. We are going to continue to broadcast our services online just like we're doing. It is going to be a great experience, and we want you to join the City First Church family online frequently, okay? But for those who want to gather, come on, let's gather. And for those who want to gather online, then gather online. So be watching our social media and our City First Church website for more information in the next few weeks about gathering in person here at our Spring Creek location. It is not been the same without you. And Jen and I are excited to see all of you again, just like we saw our Cape family. So today, what I want to talk about is this. I want to talk about who needs church. We're in this series that I launched last weekend. And, and when I announced the message title, Who Needs Church?, we received a lot of interesting feedback. We had people email us and DM us and say, well, what does that mean, who needs church? Well, in short, you need church. Your family needs church. Your friends need church. Your coworkers and your neighbors. But here's the real question. The real question is, why do you need church? Last week, I talked about church is a place where you find true belonging and you discover your God-given identity. And I want to encourage you to jump into a life group like I talked about last week. That, you know, we find our identity and we find belonging not only in the large gathering of the Capital C Church, but also in life groups. And I, I hope that you took me seriously with that. I hope that some of you looked and said, you know what, we're already gathering in groups. It might be that you're getting together with a couple of friends for coffee or you're going mountain biking with somebody. Well, why don't you make that a life group? Please look into that because, again, it's important that we find a place to belong. But this week, I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about why church is important. It is a place to discover how to hear God. How to hear God. Now, the minute I say that, some of you might feel a little uncomfortable with that statement about hearing God because maybe you thought you've never heard God before, but he has been speaking. Or maybe some of you might say, I've never thought of that before, that, that God really wants to talk to me well, he does. In fact, here are some truths that I want you to understand by the end of our talk today. First is this. God really wants to speak to you. Hear that. He really wants to speak to you. In fact, at City First, we say this all the time, that God wants a relationship with you. In fact, the whole reason God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for our sins is so that we can have a relationship with him. Well, what's a relationship without communication? In fact, I don't believe you can have a true, meaningful relationship without communication. I mean, wouldn't you agree with that? Can you even have a relationship 
if there's no communication. So therefore, God wants us to communicate with him, and he wants to speak to us. It says in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 17, it says, so faith comes by what? Hearing, and hearing through the word of God. In other words, for us to even have faith, we need to hear God's word. In other words, he needs to speak to us. Another thing is this, that God is always speaking, but most of the time, we're not listening. You know, for those of you who have kids, you know that sometimes kids can have what I call selective hearing, right? I mean, isn't it amazing that when you tell them, go clean your room, they just can't hear you. But if you were to look at them and say, do you want ice cream? All of a sudden, they miraculously can hear your words. Well, our little guy, Pax, who's eight years old, you know, he, he hears one word no matter where we're at. We can be in the most chaotic, you know, kind of environment. We could be around a bunch of loud noises. There could be people talking in the room. But if I were to whisper this word to Pax, he hears me 100% of the time. And that word is this, fries. That's right, like French fries. Paxton loves French fries. Now, we don't feed him French fries all the time, but he would love it if we did. He would have fries for breakfast, for lunch, and for dinner, and for dessert. He loves French fries. So if I were to look at him and say, hey, Pax, will you do this or will you do that? He doesn't hear me. But if I were to look at him and say, hey, Pax, do you want some fries? All of a sudden, his ears come alive. You know, sometimes, though, God's kids also have selective hearing, meaning you and me. Sometimes his voice gets drowned out in the busyness or the challenges of life, right? Our lives are full of a lot of noise. Work and school, stress, current events, family drama, all the things. And sometimes we don't hear the voice of God amidst all the noise. Now, listen, does God speak to you only in church? Does God speak to you at other times? The answer to that is God does speak to you at church, and also he's speaking to you at other times in normal life. But the reason why church is so important is because at church, you learn how to tune in the voice of God, how to discern the voice of God. I own a 1968 tuner that is in our living room, and it's an old radio, you could say, for those of you that are younger and you don't even know what a tuner is. Well, what you used to have to do is if you wanted to listen to the radio, there was a big dial, and you had to tune this needle into a frequency and you was you would experience a lot of static you would experience a lot of of noise until finally you tuned in that radio station it's the same way with church when you come to church you learn how to tune in the voice of god because he's always speaking he's always speaking but many times we're just not listening or we're not discerning that it's his voice. So at church, 
whether you're in person or online, you are able to eliminate the distractions of everything that's going on around you, and you're able to tune in the voice of God because he wants to speak with you. Also at church, you learn how to do this on your own throughout the week. You learn how to pray, how to read the Bible, how to hear the voice of God from Monday through Saturday, you could say. You know, this is a learning process. It takes your whole life to be able to continue to learn how to tune in his voice clearer and clearer and clearer. In fact, I love this verse. It's found in Jeremiah chapter 33. God is talking and he says, call to me. I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. That verse is so important. In fact, some of you, I would actually like print that verse out and like put it on your mirror or in your car or something like that. You know that God wants to tell you things that you don't know. He wants to inform you of things that you don't have knowledge of. And you see, when you're in church and you learn how to tune in the voice of God, God will speak to you about things that you don't know. He'll forecast things in your future. He'll help you understand things in your present. He'll help you process things in your past. You see, God wants you to listen to his voice, but we need to learn to discern which voice is his. God wants to communicate things that you don't know. The third thing that is true is this, is that there are a lot of competing voices that drowned out God's word. And, and that's really true. In our, in our society, in our culture, in everyday life, there's all kinds of voices talking to us 24-7, right? It's important to understand that when you come to church and you're a part of God's family, you begin to discern God's voice from all of the other voices. God's voice is always talking to you, but so are other voices. Remember that verse that I mentioned just a few moments ago, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? Okay, so faith comes by hearing, but can I tell you something? Fear comes by hearing. Confusion comes by hearing. Distraction comes by hearing. Temptation, depression, these things also come by hearing. There are other voices out there that are trying to get your attention. And if those voices speak into your mind and your soul, there are much different results than the voice of God when he speaks into your soul. In fact, one of the reasons that the first century church gathered so often is this very reason of hearing God's word over and over and over again to eliminate the competing voices. In fact, it says in Acts chapter 2, every day they continued, that's such an important word, they continued to meet, how? Together in the temple courts. Why? Because at the time following Jesus, was very risky. In fact, it would cost some of those first century believers their lives. Like you could literally be killed or imprisoned for your faith. And so they would gather together often, not just once a month. They wouldn't just frequent church. They would gather together continuously. Why? To hear the word of God so that they didn't become fearful. So they didn't drift in their faith. 
so they didn't fall into compromise, so they didn't backslide, so they didn't somehow get distracted by the cares of this world. And can I tell you something? You and I need to meet often in church too. Why? Because we face many of the same temptations, different circumstances. Many of us are not getting imprisoned for our faith or killed for our faith, but guess what? There are other voices that are distracting us, that are tempting us, that are trying to get us off course. And so we have to gather and hear the voice of God so we don't fall into temptation or fear or distraction. I'm going to say something that's pretty profound if you think about it. I've been in ministry for 30 years, and I've never met anyone. I've never met one person whose faith drifted, who backslid, who was also simultaneously plugged in to a thriving community of faith. Do you hear what I just said? I've never met somebody whose faith drifted and they simultaneously were also plugged into a community of faith, their church and their life group. Rather, they drift from community, they drift from church, and eventually they drift from faith. And can I be your pastor here for a moment? I realize some of you, even during this COVID season, you maybe started out watching online pretty like consistently. You, you, were, you were going to church weekly. You could say you were being fed. Your soul was being fed. Your spirit was being fed. And then slowly you got distracted. And, 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 and every once in a while it was like, well, we could take this weekend off. And pretty soon it became every other weekend. And pretty soon it became every other week. And, and, and then soon it was like once a month. And pretty soon you saw that your faith started to get shaky. Can I tell you, that's what happens when you don't continuously gather. In fact, some of our friends need to get back into church, right? Some of our family members need to get back into church. Some of the people that are in our life group, they need to get back into community. Why? Because their faith is getting shaky. It says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, the writer says, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have, what? Heard, so that we do not drift away. This is not a problem that's a 2020 problem. This is a problem for, for thousands of years. As people of faith have gathered, they need to make sure they're hearing the voice of God and not all the other voices of distraction or temptation. We need each other. We need to hear the voice of God. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing. You see, this is not just something that we deal with now. We've dealt with it as a church for 2,000 years. It's easy to drift away. The author says we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. What day? The day of the Lord's return. I want to end today with a story that Jesus tells his followers about how to hear the voice of God. In fact, Jesus tells the story, and it's all about how to discern God's voice from the other voices in life. 
And if you're new, Jesus would often preach sermons, but he didn't preach sermons like many times we do that had points and things. Instead, he would tell stories. We call them parables. And these stories had powerful truths embedded in them. So he's with his followers and he tells a story and he basically tells a story likening us as humans to sheep. Now, he does this more than once in the New Testament. These stories that he tells, he keeps calling us sheep. And he keeps talking about him being the good shepherd. Now, why does he talk about us metaphorically as being sheep? I mean, I'd rather he would say that we're like lions or something like that. But he doesn't say that. He says we're sheep. Well, if you know anything about sheep, they have no internal GPS. In other words, they're really, really, really bad at directions. Some of you are listening right now. You're like going, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a sheep. Also, sheep have poor eyesight, but they have great hearing. In other words, that they can't see real well, but they can hear really, really good. I think it's just interesting that Jesus likens us to sheep who don't have an internal sense of direction, who can't see real well, but we can hear. Now, with a sheep, you can lead them from pasture back into the barn, and the next day you're going to have to do it again. You would think after day after day of leading the sheep from the pasture back to the barn that they would learn the path, but they literally have no way of remembering direction. They just follow. You know, as humans, even those of us that are leaders, at the end of the day, we were created to follow something. And Jesus says this. Jesus says he's the good shepherd and that we are to follow him. So the question that I have for us today is this, is that are we following the right voice? Because again, there's all kinds of voices. So Jesus tells this story in John chapter 10. He starts out in verses one and two and says, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. In other words, the sheep recognize his voice. So how do we learn the voice of the shepherd? By being a part of God's church, being a part of God's family, by listening to sermons like you're listening to today, by listening to messages, by reading the Bible. That's how we can begin to distinguish his voice from all of the other voices. In fact, if we are not constantly spending time with the good shepherd, we will automatically start listening to other voices. And Jesus says that other people are trying to break into the sheepfold. That there is a thief that is trying to climb over a wall so that that thief can begin to lure the sheep in the wrong direction. That that thief is a fake shepherd, an imposter, you could say. Can I just say this? That there are many shepherds calling you to follow them right now. 
Oh yeah, there's the shepherd of fear. The voice of fear that calls out to you in these unprecedented times to be fearful. As you watch the news, as you look online at everything is happening in the world, there's a shepherd that is saying, freak out. There's also a shepherd of anger. You know, voices that, that, that try to lead you to be angry at people, at family members, at coworkers, at fellow students, at, at politicians. Anger. There's a shepherd of anger that's trying to call you, follow me. There's also voices of depression, voices of temptation, voices of compromise, voices of comfort zones. A shepherd that says, stay comfortable, don't take any risks. You see, when you and I start following these imposter shepherds, when we start following these fake shepherds, these other voices, we are led to a less than life. Do you hear that? A less than life less than what Jesus intended us to live. In fact, there are all kinds of voices right now trying to get you to follow them. And can I be honest with you? Some of you are following the wrong shepherd right now. Some of you are following the wrong shepherd, and it's leading you down a path that is a less than life. These are robbers. And Jesus says this. He says in John 10, 10, he says, the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. These voices are leading you in that direction. But Jesus says, my purpose is to give you or to give them a rich and a satisfying life. If you listen to the right voice, you're going to have a rich and a satisfying life. You see, these other voices are whispering to you, follow me. Voices of materialism. You know, you think to yourself, if I, if I buy this shiny new thing, then I'll be happy. That's an imposter of a shepherd. Or, or you know what? Voices of comparison. You know, if I were just them, if I, if I had their life, then I'd be happy. Voices of popularity. If I had these types of friends, these many likes on social media, if I were invited into these circles, then guess what? Then I'll be satisfied. Or how about voices of success? Voices that say, you know what? If you achieve that or this or whatever, then you're going to be somebody. Then you'll be happy. Or how about voices of compromise? Do this Compromise in this area, and guess what? You're going to find happiness there. Voices of comfort who say, don't take any risk, don't do anything too crazy, and guess what? You're going to be safe and happy. How about voices of infidelity? If I hook up with him, if I hook up with her, then guess what? If I have that relationship, I'll be happy rather than the one that I have right now. Or voices of vices. If I drink this, if I take that, then guess what? It will numb my pain and I will find happiness. You see, God is speaking to some of you right now. As I'm saying these things and pointing out these other shepherds, these other voices, some of you are thinking to yourself right now, gosh, he's talking to me. No, I'm not talking to you. Can I just humbly say this? That God is talking to you. See, this is the whole context of my message right now, that God speaks to us. Just many times, we're not listening. But right now, you're in church. 
You're, you're a part of the City First Church family listening wherever you're at. And God is speaking to you. And you're beginning to hear and recognize his voice. You know, all kinds of voices are speaking to us. But there's only one, ladies and gentlemen, one good shepherd. Follow his voice. God is always speaking. But are we listening? So as we close today. I want to take a moment and I want to do two things. First is this. Some of you might be listening today and going, I don't know this God, this Jesus that you've been talking about. I don't have a personal relationship with him. I want God to speak to me. I want him to tell me things that I don't know, like it talks about in Jeremiah. I want to be led by the good shepherd and not all these other voices that are trying to lead me down these wrong paths. And I just want to invite you to enter into a relationship with the one who loves you and the one that created you. I want you to enter into a relationship with Jesus himself. It's a personal relationship. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. It's not about going to church. It's not about being a part of a denomination. But rather, it's about you and Jesus becoming best friends. The God who created you wants to have a relationship with you and to speak to you. So if you say, that's me, I want that. I, I just want to lead you in a prayer real quickly. And this prayer basically says, God, forgive me of all my wrongdoing. The Bible calls that sin. And that sin has created a barrier between us and God. And that sin is eliminated when we make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of our lives. In other words, we realize that Jesus died for our sin. He paid the penalty and the price for our sin. And so therefore, that sin can be forgiven and we can have a relationship with God. So as I pray this prayer, that's what you're saying. You're saying, God, forgive me of my sin. I want to have a relationship with you. So right where you're at right now, whether you're at Cape Coral or whether you're watching on a smart device in your living room or somewhere else, will you just go ahead and you can repeat this prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you died for me. Forgive me of my sin and everything that I've done wrong. Come into my life and be the leader and the forgiver of my life. I wanna have a life that glorifies you. I accept your unconditional love and I want you to speak to me. Thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, can I tell you that is the most important prayer that you have ever prayed. And in a moment here, someone will come and tell you about a resource that Jen and I want to give you for free that helps you to take that next step of faith. But the second thing that I want to do before we wrap things up here is this, is that I want us to pray that God would speak to us louder. And again, how does he do that? In church, through his word, but also that still small voice. Some of us, you know what? We have selective hearing. And I want to take a moment. I want us to just admit that to God and to just say, God, I realize that I've had selective hearing and I want you to speak to me and I want to listen and I want to obey. So if that's you, I just want to take a moment and pray for you, okay? God, sometimes we have selective hearing and I just pray right now that we would realize that, that we would listen to you. Many times we know if we're not doing the right thing, and so, Lord, I just pray right now that we would listen to your voice 
and that we would choose your way of living. God, forgive us for having selective hearing and help us to listen to you. Speak louder to us. God, especially in the middle of this pandemic and this craziness that we're calling 2020, God, I pray that you would speak loudly through your word, that you would speak loudly through the messages at City First, and that you would speak loudly to us every single day. We love you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Jen and I love you. We cannot wait to be with you in person for those of you that choose to want to come in person. And if not, we can't wait to be with you online. We love you, City First. God bless and have an amazing week.